Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Thank you for tuning in to the JMU Sports News Podcast. Before we jump into the podcast, we have a quick word from our sponsor, Bet Online. Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue to march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get started. That's promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. Welcome into another edition of the JMU Sports News Podcast. I am Bennett Conlon, joined by Jack Fitzpatrick, and uh, kind of a quiet week, I would say, in the JMU Sports world, Jack. It seems like it's been a quiet week in the JMU Sports world for the last few weeks since the COVID pause in basketball. Hey, a little Sunbelt action was exciting. That's true. That's very true. But yeah, we're going to talk a little basketball today. Uh, both men and women, lacrosse starts, uh, I think this week, I think it's Saturday, if I'm not soon. mistaken. So we got that coming up, we'll talk about that briefly and uh, go from there. I think we'll probably have some shorter podcasts, it is Saturday for the lacrosse team, they're hosting number two North Carolina to open their season on Saturday 1pm. It's going to be a good game. I mean, probably not like score-wise, but... Should be reasonably competitive. No offense to JMU, but... I mean, I'm really starting this one off just completely. That, this is this is a strong start. Let's go. Let's go into baseball so I can <laughs> dig myself more of a hole of just complaining about JMU sports. We do have a really exciting guest coming up. Um, I in guess in a couple weeks, yeah. In a couple of weeks, uh, to talk Chase Delauder. I'm really looking forward to that one. I have the date on the calendar circled. That's going to be a really good one. Last week we had Jalen Ford on, so if you haven't listened to that episode, mm-hmm. go back and listen to that awesome podcast um, because Bennett absolutely geeked out over Japan softball. So worth worth hearing his line of questionings on that one. I did. That was fun. Next week we'll probably talk a little bit of like softball expectations internally yeah. too, baseball expectations. So I think that'll be interesting. But we'll do mostly basketball. I think maybe a focus on the men's side, which we've kind of tended to do recently um some of that's just because there's like more accessible data I, men. I think that's really it someone needs to come up with a ken palm for there's some right? stuff that i was looking at like i think it's called her hoops stats is a good one yeah. that has some and so there's some it's getting there i guess but um we'll, we'll get to the women a little bit because i am pleased sort of with some of the strides that are, they're making i want to talk about kiki jefferson too but yes. we'll start with the the men mark byington had some jack some explosive comments uh, they weren't actually explosive, but they, they kind of an explosive line of questioning from the media, though, like very leading questions. There's loaded questions for for sure during that. I thought it was interesting. So he he kind of brought it on himself a little bit where he started making some comments about he, how he felt like Jamie was this is Mark Byington um, was GM, the CA's sacrificial lamb 
where they're playing games, they show up in the standings, but they're not allowed to actually compete in the conference tournament. A little dramatic, because what does that even mean, right? Like, <laughs> what is the sacrifice? I mean, you're also, it's, I don't know, it's not like they're bolstering the conference's resume that much other than the UVA win, right? Like, I mean, metric-wise, they're like in the middle it, of the league. But... After that UVA win, <laughs> after UVA's win last night against Duke, though, that UVA win is looking nice. Our that's CBI stock is going through the roof right now. No, I don't know that it is, but that's <laughs> that's a good transit property win at Duke. That's big for the program. I don't know why they didn't talk about that <laughs> in, in the uh, press conference. No, but they talked about mostly um, Eric Byington did, you know, the CAA and how it's been hard. And I think the real thing is like they have two season-ending injuries to Molson and Strickland, and then Charles Falden, Chuck Falden didn't play in the most recent loss at Drexel. I don't know what his injury status is. Um, and we'll get into eligibility here in a second because someone asked that question on Twitter. But they didn't have like three other really key guard contributors and everyone on the team's a guard, but three contributors <laughs> for that game. So, I mean, like, I think they played a little bit better the last couple of matchups. Like they beat Northeastern on the road, played Hofstra into overtime on the road. And then the Drexel game, they had a great first half and the second half, or they probably gave up. 50-ish points, 56 points. I mean, that's horrendous. After allowing 16 in the first half, they go up 56 in the second half. So um, defensively, they looked like maybe they were figuring some things out, and then pretty clearly uh, they weren't there late in the game. But I, don't, I was just surprised by some of the comments where he says, like, there's the CA sacrificial lamb. Yeah. And, and well, then the, the question TJ asked was a little loaded. It was like talking, he mentioned officiating and, not being able to do all these things. And he talked about, talk about how you have to overcome it, but it does feel like the CA has been against them at times. The CA is against them, but I don't think that's why they're 13 and nine. I also don't think the f- officials care. I think this is more of an, like the CA the official- officials just suck. Like this isn't them. Like, I, I think if the CAA came together and actively was like, let's punish JMU on the court with our officiating, the officials would be too bad to actually execute that. Um, that just goes to show how bad CAA officials are. I mean, as is most mid-majors. You know what I think the real problem is for this team? <laughs> Let me take a guess. <laughs> is it the lack of size? It's the lack of freaking size. I want, Do you have Ken Palm pulled up right now? Oh, of course I do. Okay, don't minimize the tab really quick. Minimize the tab. I won't look. I won't look. So okay. they're allowing. 57% from inside the arc, 57% shooting from inside the arc. I want you to guess <laughs> where that ranks nationally. I was going to bring out this stat. It's like third to last or fourth it's to 355th, last. 355th, and I don't know how many Division I teams, I think it's, but that's I, near the bottom. I think, there's I think it's 358. Yeah, I do too. And so, yeah, 358, and they've got – let's see who's around them because you can – actually, I guess I can't sort by that one as easily, but – it's a horrible defensive metric. Like that's that's horrendous. Like they're one of the worst two point defensive teams in the country. Like defending yeah. the two point shot, and some of that is because they don't block any shots. Yeah, they, they are. So they're size. at the bottom bottom three hundred thirty six in block shots, only averaging five point seven per game. And I know I always make the joke about they need size, but like this is just a pure indication of how badly they do need size. And I think that's where a majority of their defensive woes stem from. Yeah. They don't have a great, they don't have great defensive play across the board, but, but Morse has active hands 
Um, Falden's respectable on the defensive end. Guards and their stretch forwards are fine defensively. But it's when you start asking Wooden, who's more of a stretch three, stretch four, to play the five and guard the paint and get offensive rebounds and get defensive rebounds, that's when you start running into problems. I mean, they have they only get 25.7% offensive rebound percentage, which is 262nd in the nation. Like, they're not pulling down on that side. They're not getting second chance points because they just have zero size. They're playing a stretch four, arguably more of a three, at the five. Yeah, like it, it's not ideal how they're kind of situated roster management-wise, which feels like a way bigger concern. And honestly, something I'd love to hear more about from Byington. Like, I don't, I don't really care about the official storyline. Like, if officials are mad or anything, like, I don't think that's a, I, I also, don't, I also care. don't care. I don't care about <laughs> the CAA right now. Like, I, I hate that those questions are being asked. What I, what I want to be hearing asked, and maybe we get ourselves to Harrisonburg and con- connive our way into O'Neill's press conference and we sit back and get a cookie skillet and ask this question as they ask the, the fans in the fan and press luncheon. But I want to know, how do you, like – get your team up for these games. Cause Byington said in the press conference, these are all non-conference games for us. Like how are you getting your team up when there's also no chance at a postseason? And then on top of that, what, wh- why, why do you have no size? That's the one that really, cause TJ asked something similar to the first one, like a week or two ago. And they had, his answer was kind of just like, you just go game by game, which I don't, I don't know how motivated they are, especially with a bunch of key guys out yeah. at this point. I think they're kind of, <laughs> maybe just going through the motions. Like they almost have nothing to play for. They're not going to win the regular season title. They're not going to play in some postseason event. I wouldn't think unless the CBI comes calling because their transitive property wins, which <laughs> you also have a transitive property win over Gonzaga now because Duke beat Gonzaga. So I just really stacking up the resume for the Duke might make the NCAA tournament now because of this. Well, who is, who's Murray state beat? I mean, they, Oh wait, we lost to Murray state. Never mind. Yeah, that's true. So transitive property loss, but uh, no, I mean, it's, it's just frustrating because it's like that's to me is not the story It's not like oh gosh it seems like you're not getting foul calls it's like no like the tallest guy who contributes is six eight and he like in his presser says like julian wooden doesn't score in the paint which is where he should be scoring because he's not a very efficient three-point shooter so like that to me is a way bigger storyline it's like why are the dukes terrible on the inside and what's the plan especially and we can get into eligibility now charles falden is the only guy who's definitely not coming back in terms of eligibility, like Molson yeah. and Sule can both come back if they choose to. They already have one verbal commitment in their next year's recruiting class, which leaves them with no open scholarships. So you got to, I guess someone might transfer out, which is certainly not, wouldn't be a surprise given the current age. But what's sort of the plan to get like a big or some size? Because I don't care what conference you're in, even in the Sun Belt, you have to have, you can't be the like third or fourth worst team at defending two point shots in basketball and expect to be any good. Yeah, because this is a question that has a lasting impact going on to next season and seasons past that. And it also kind of has an impact on this season because the way Jamie's playing right now, even if they were eligible for the CAA tournament and for postseason play, they're not playing like a team that has any shot at winning a CAA tournament. And it all boils down to the fact that they have no size. And even in a mid-major league like the CAA that, doesn't have a lot of size and the big men that are in the league, Dylan Painter, um, looking at some Hofstra guys, they dominate the league. But I mean, you look at it, Justin Amati is the only true quote unquote big and Alonzo Sule, but both of those are fours. 
Like I would be fine with Amadi playing the four and Sule coming off the bench or vice versa, which, whichever one. And then Wooden moving to the three or, or something like that. You just need to get a five and you're looking at it. And, and here's the thing that I'm thinking, I think there's going to be a surprise transfer. I, th- I mean, I don't, I don't know how many, I wouldn't be surprised if anyone left to be honest. Like, I don't know if there's anyone that's like, Oh yeah, they're definitely like, I think Morris would come back. Like maybe that one would surprise me, but everyone else, like if you're playing well and you're at kind of a low major, I wouldn't be stunned by any of it. I hope like Terrence Edwards and Tyree Ihanacho are two that I think have played really well. And I love that they can rebound yeah. and score a little bit, even though they're not scorers and kind of pass the ball. Well, so like, those are two, I definitely don't want to lose. I don't, you don't want to lose anyone necessarily, but I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be shocked if any of them leave. I think but they'll I probably like, end up. I feel like they spots. need to lose someone though, to get size. Right. Cause you need to open up that roster spot. You need to open I up think that someone scholarship. Will. I think someone will leave. I don't know who, like, I don't know behind the scenes stuff, but I would, my guess is that someone will maybe want more playing time. Like someone who hasn't gotten playing time until late. Um, maybe like a Devin of, Savage. He's gotten a little bit of run as a freshman. So, I mean, he, I could see him wanting to say just because of that, but like Jalen Hodge is someone who has been completely almost phased out of the rotation when they're healthy. Um, so I'd be interested to see what he decides to do because he can stroke it. He just hasn't played a lot. Some of that's because of what he does defensively, but I don't know. I'm interested to see what happens with the roster because they clearly need size. And if they don't get size, you can still be better. Like they, even if you're small, you don't have to be like the fourth worst two point defense in the country. You could still be better than that, but gosh, they could use a guy who's six ten with like girth. I'm fine with a guy who's six nine with girth, like just someone who occupies space. They need it. Somebody who can block a couple shots, like it would help them a lot. And then you could also have Sule or Amadi at the four. Like it would make everything better, right? Because they're playing more natural positions for their game. I would also argue that just having someone who's like understands how to play in the paint a majority of the time will help. Like I'm not even like at, at this point, I'm not even asking for, I'm still asking for size. Please, please, <laughs> please get me size. But I'm, I'm also just saying like, Wooden, based off of Byington comments, he said Wooden doesn't score in the paint. Amadi doesn't play primarily in the paint. Sule doesn't primarily play in the paint. I would love to see a, a Dwight Wilson esque player who knows how to occupy space and how to ha- and has good footwork in the paint. Yeah, I mean Sule is probably the closest, but like a lot of Amadi's points are just like dunks. You know, he doesn't necessarily like you don't feed him the ball in the post, yeah. which is what we talked about when he was a freshman too. Is I know people were like, I gotta feed him the ball. He's so efficient. It's like he's efficient because he's not being fed the ball. He's efficient because <laughs> like his scoring opportunities are like dunks, like uncontested yeah. dunks a lot of the time. And he's a valuable player, can do some things well. Um, interested to kind of see how he continues to develop because he is super efficient. The thing is, he's just not like creating his own shot in the post. Yeah. So we'll see how they can develop over an offseason, all that stuff. I don't want to like completely, you know, discount the COVID pause and things like that, but we're so far removed. No, from we it. can discount that. Well, I think that I think that did blow up the rhythm a little bit. Like, I think that's probably why they started yeah. playing poorly at a point. The defense slowed. I think you could make a case that they were healthy with no pause. The defense would not have become horrible. But it's also like, it's also like I think they probably should have found a way to to fix it. But then the injuries don't help. Byington was saying they've been out guys for a while. It's hard to kind of balance between like what's an excuse and what's like a, a legitimate reason why things are happening. I think there's a little bit of both where it's like, okay, the pause, the injuries, I get it. But then also like this current group, which has a lower potential than the group we saw beat Virginia because they're missing a bunch of guys and all that good stuff. 
their potential is they're not meeting whatever their lower potential even is. Yeah. I mean, I would chalk up through January, January 17th, January 20th, where they went two and two to start conference play. I would chalk that up to the COVID pause. Well, those were, those were a little after the pause. Didn't they come back from the pause the ninth, right? Yeah. So they they did play conference games before that though. Like the Hofstra game was the first conference game. True, true, true. So from, never mind. I'm not going to finish that thought, but yeah, I mean, I think there's, I think there was COVID pause and I think there was a a stint there before Molson goes out and Strickland goes out and now Falden misses a game. I think there was a, a two, three game window there that, that they were fully healthy and they went, no matter how you kind of draw that up, they went one in two. I don't know. It's just, it's like just the, a bummer. I think, I think I'm just sad about it all. That's, that's probably accurate. Like the Elon blowout, I feel like they were far enough off the pause with like enough guys that that game still doesn't make a lot of sense to me where they lose by 23 on the road. And then the UNCW one is a game they should have won. They get burned at the buzzer and kind of, I will say UNCW is a, is a I know they're 199 in Ken Palm, but like watching them play yesterday against uh, Hofstra, they're they're a solid team. UNCW is like yeah. a like the fact that we were in that, especially looking at how we've played as of late, the fact that we probably should have won is kind of crazy because UNCW is a far better team than JMU. You think they're far better when they're healthy? Yeah. Well, when they so it depends. What are we talking about? Post-COVID pause healthy or we're talking UVA win? Because they should have won thing. that game. The height though. of like, this season is up here outside of the Zoom window, you know, and then the floor is losing to Elon by 13, 23, excuse me. But I just, I don't know. Like they're up in that game. They're at home. Like I know UNCW is definitely playing better, but at the same time, like UNCW is not actually a good basketball team. Like if they're, if they make the tournament, they're like a 16 play-in even with the auto bit, like they're definitely a 16, maybe a 16 play it. Like that's, I guess that's my thing. And maybe my bigger picture thing. It's just like the expectation for JMU has been raised from Lewis Rowe of like, literally we're going to lose every game we play. Yeah. So we but can it's, win it's, every CAA game we play. To where it's like, all right, we can, we can hang in some of these games, but at the same time, like it's, it's a little frustrating because I think Jamie's athletic department can be a lot better from the basketball court where it's like, I don't know, like, are we able to hang with UNCW? Like, we better be able to. Like, he's his second year. He's got all the portal guys. Like, these are a bunch of, like, really experienced players. And for us to be out there, like, yeah, we scrapped hard and only lost to Drexel by six. It's like, what are we doing? Like, I'd like to see us take another step because it feels like we've – I've said this before, where, like, the Matt Brady era, where it's like, all right, like, they're reasonably competent, but they're not actually a good mid-major. I would like to see JMU become a good mid-major. I think that's why we harp so much on the roster management where it's like, you need a big and maybe even a guy, I don't know, like Morris can go get you some buckets, but he is a little bit like, if you look at like the defensive rating on like basketball reference, like a little bit of a liability at times defensively, partially because I think he's a little bit undersized, but he's still a good player. I just want to see more consistent things and maybe a second option, a second like go-to scorer. Yeah, maybe instead of in the portal, instead of getting 15 guards, you maybe diversify, like a portfolio. You don't want to put all your money in one stock. You want to diversify your portfolio. Seems like Mark Byington this last post, this last offseason, put all of his money into one stock, and that stock was guards, and it is not paying off right now because he wants to play a Warrior-esque style. Shout out Brian Reese for uh, giving us that little 
analogy, but he wants to play that kind of small ball warrior style, quick tempo, jack up threes. The problem is you have one consistent three point shooter on your team and he isn't. I love clutch Chuck. I think Charles Falden is fun to watch darn good and man can he hit shots when it's needed but the offense never runs through him and yet you're trying to run this style of basketball with 15 different guards and no bigs and you can't like it just feels like this Ross like Byington's end goal I think is good and it will get JMU to be a good mid-major but the problem is he didn't make the roster this year to fit him and if he had, I think they could have easily been a lot better. Yeah, and like the portal's hard, but it's I don't know. I'd like to see him. It's not hard. You can look see six ten. Let's go get him. Any six ten guy. They should have been able to get someone. But the other thing that's like kind of weird to me is like they were they ran pretty fast tempo at Georgia Southern. And then like in 2019, they just decided to go like ultra fast. They went from 134th in tempo to 14th from 2018 to 2019. Then after that, they've never been slower than 60th uh, in the country, a Byington team in tempo. They're 55th this year. They're 36th last year. Sometimes it feels like they're I, like 31st to in like offensive tempo. It feels like they're just running to run. Like they haven't, like they run fast break, but they turn the ball over a ton and they struggle like getting back in transition on defense and the rotations are sometimes lackadaisical. It feels like times like just take a breath, man. Like you don't have to run an, an up-tempo possession. Maybe they run some half-court stuff. I don't know. I'd be interested in hearing more about Byington's like philosophy and why in 2019 he was like, my teams are going to fly. Because they went fast before, but it wasn't like, oh, we're going to be top 20 in tempo. Is that because he didn't have the players he wanted until then, and now he's trying to do that? Or I don't know. But I'd be interested to hear more about like why did he decide to just sprint up and down the floor, and is that a reason why they kind of – you know, throw the ball around a little bit. They do a nice job forcing turnovers, but it also feels like maybe if you waited a little longer, you could be better on both ends. It's also really interesting because if you if you look at who are the top, who are the fastest tempo teams of the top twenty fastest tempo teams, only four of them are inside the top twenty-seven, and they have stupid levels of talent. Yes, we're on different points, but yes. Well, I mean, like if you're running that tempo, like oh, I see what you mean. Like they're like it's Gonzaga, Arizona, Arkansas, Alabama. Yes, Gonzaga is like five stars. Yeah, yeah. And then everyone else is everyone else is like bad mid majors that I think they're just running a fast tempo so that they can ensure that they because their defense is bad that they can ensure that they just get more possessions and then they just think if we score more points than you, we win. Yeah, you kind of see like semi more consistent it's kind of hard to find a total trend here but maybe some semi more consistent teams you look at like virginia north texas fresno state they're like top 75 teams villanova that go a little bit slower maybe that's a little bit more more doable i don't know i think whatever you decide to do you just got to make sure you have the personnel for it and find a way to kind of execute really consistently i just think it's hard to run that level of tempo without freak athletes um, and some of that means like length and size. So if you don't have, you know, six, nine, six, ten, like that's why Gonzaga, you're running that tempo and you also have like Chet Holmgren and Drew Timmy running with you. Like that's nuts. It's also, you need consistency. Yeah. Like not only freak athletes, but like 
consistent scoring because the second you start running and you're taking these long threes that result in long rebounds gives the defense a really good opportunity to turn that rebound into a fast break of their own and all of a sudden you're in a track meet which I think is kind of what we saw when it was JMU Charleston mm-hmm. like you need to have consistent offensive play and, and JMU just doesn't have that either yeah they just I don't know it's it's frustrating to kind of see them lack so much consistency I feel like it's something they could get better at and I don't know I don't know we'll see what happens in the future but I'm I'm kind of saddened by the way the season has ended still I think it's going to end up being like a fine season because of the notable wins and like fingers crossed knock on wood they can still finish with a winning record I think they only need to get the next two and they would do that because they play 29 games it looks like unless they add anything so you win two of the next seven two of the final seven then you're 15 and 14 that seems doable right you got Elon and William Mary at home next so there's that going for them. But uh, yeah, we've said a lot of times they need size and would be more interested in learning, I guess is kind of one of our takeaways, right? More interested in learning about the plan moving forward and what Byington thinks went wrong at times than like, is there a weird official conspiracy? Because I don't, I think like you said, the refs in the conference just suck. Yeah, they're not good. And I also, I don't know about you, but like I know Byington was saying he thought there were some fouls that guys were drawing that weren't called a lot of the guys like aren't drawing that many fouls because they don't have like great post players. You know what I mean? Like if you have a post guy who's banging down low trying to score, they don't have a lot of that. Yeah. And, they, and also like, I, I didn't watch the game last night, but I'm also not sure. Were they calling it on the other end? Like, was that just how the game was being called? Like they that could very up. well be the reason too. It's just, Maybe they were drawing fouls that you thought were fouls, but they just weren't calling them on either end, so it kind of evens out. Maybe that's just it how was, the refs were calling the game. There was definitely a disparity, but okay. I don't know okay. if the I don't know if the disparity was necessarily like a an official thing. I mean, I guess there were some that were kind of questionable. It was ten free throws for JMU from thirty to to Drexel, but there were also late fouls that added to it um, late in the game where they were trying to extend it. But like, I don't know, like. I don't, I don't think Jamie's defense was all that good. They had, you know, two guys foul out, including Justin Amati. So uh, three guys foul out, excuse me, Savage grabbed five too. So like <laughs> three of, guys I foul. what? I don't know how much of that is, is actually like, Oh, wow. That's a questionable call. And how much of that is like, they've been out of position for a month and a half and they're just like flying to the ball when people are shooting late. And like, you're probably going to hack sometimes when you're <laughs> way out of position. So I don't know. I just, I think there's a lot more to like JMU's conference woes than like CA hates us. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> I don't think that's it. I think that's at the bottom of it. Like, yeah, the CA hates you, but that's not the reason they're sitting at four and seven in conference play. No. And I'll, I'll swing a question to you, Jack. Do you have a single reason why any JMU fan should watch the final seven games? Go ahead and cancel your flow subscription now. I don't I don't know what the like lacrosse softball baseball stuff is so you can double check on that but honestly man given the state of like both basketball teams aren't going to make any sort of tournament I'll be completely uh, transparent I haven't watched a game in full probably since the Drexel loss so last night sorry January 27th. The first Drexel loss. (laughs) 
<laughs> Sorry about that. I watched, I, I watched a good chunk of the Northeastern one, and then I, I think well, I that was just for our brother Mike Badowski or whatever his name is. The yeah, boy. exactly. We just want. <laughs> and then I did watch some of the Drexel one. They had a great first half defensively, and then to give up fifty six in the second half was like, all right, yeah, they're not actually good defensively. So frustrating, but yeah, I'm I'm, I'm hard pressed to find a reason why people should care. Um, I don't I, know if there is one. I might watch the two Towson games at the end of the season, not yeah. for JMU, purely for scouting reasons for my March Madness bracket to see if that Towson is worth a pick in the first round. If you're going to pick one, I might pick the Charleston one too, because that has a chance to be a shootout because it doesn't seem like the defense is going to get any better between now and probably not. I don't want to see two bad teams run up to Points though. <laughs> over, <laughs> over. Yeah, exactly. All right. But uh, yeah, I don't have a lot else on men's basketball. I'm kind of disappointed, but I think the real key is the off season. Well, you want to move on to women's basketball? Yep. Cause uh, roster eligibility. I think we kind of went over it. The only person who can't come back is Charles Falden. So everyone else is able if they want to, to return. And before we head to women's basketball, a quick word from one of our sponsors. Want to make some money? How about you invest it in an exciting asset that's outpaced the S&P 500 by 164% for the last 25 years? I'm talking about art. Masterworks is a new investing app that lets you invest in blue chip paintings from icons like Picasso, Monet, and Warhol without needing millions. Over 300,000 people have already signed up. Get priority access with our unique promo. Log on to masterworks.art slash believe. That's masterworks.art slash believe, B-L-E-A-V. See important disclosures at masterworks.io slash disclosures. So women's basketball, Kiki Jefferson's an absolute stud. Yeah, I just wanted to talk about how she's like underappreciated because she hasn't played, won't play in a conference tournament this year. There was a COVID conference tournament, I guess her freshman year. And the team last year was super young, but like she's really good, man. Averaging 19 points. 7.3 rebounds per game. I think she had half of the team's points the other day. She had uh, 32 of their 64 in a, a win over William and Mary, which not a great team, but they struggled in that one early, came back and won. Jalen Caradine has also been awesome uh, as a senior for this team, has really stepped up on the rebounding side of things where she's um, almost averaging a, a double-double. The scoring's kind of been a little lower, only six points a game, but gotten a little higher recently averaging 10.6 rebounds, but I just feel like we're, uh, we're uh, underappreciating Kiki Jefferson because they haven't had the same like JMU women's basketball teams that we've come accustomed to in, in the last 10 years or so. And uh, I hope that next year they're able to actually get healthy and reload because she deserves a chance to legitimately win a conference tournament. She does. So did Kamaya. It's just frustrating. Yeah, it, it really is. Because, it's, uh, it's a, it's, yeah, it's been a weird, what, three, four years for women's basketball? Yeah, man. It's uh, it's not great, but Kiki's been a star. So it's, it's good to see her having some chances. And I guess next year, some of the women's stuff will probably be on like ESPN Plus Thank uh, with, this, with the Sun Belt. So that'll be kind of exciting. And uh, I haven't looked a lot. I'll pull it up now. I haven't looked a lot at Sun Belt women's basketball. Not entirely sure. Haven't looked a lot at the men either, other than like knowing that it's the same conference. Um, doesn't appear overly impressive. I think they should be able to make a run. It yeah, it's it's fine. Like there were some fine mid majors there, but it's not 
it's not a world beater conference. I think they'll go into it pretty quickly and have a legitimate chance of, of winning the league next year. Yeah. Yeah. Assuming they're healthy, which you gotta, gotta assume nowadays. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I, I haven't watched enough of women's basketball this season to, I just know Kiki Jefferson is doing things that we haven't seen from a women's basketball player in, in years. And it's just a shame that, no one's seeing it. Bro, it sucks. And uh, it would be cool if it's just a, we've talked about this before, but I guess we can stop doing it on the podcast. Maybe we'll move to, I guess next week we'll have a preview and then maybe in the later in the spring, we'll move to, to every other week, but huge bummer that neither team can play in the conference tournament. Cause like if the men were finding a little groove, you might be able to be like, Oh, all right, maybe they'll make a run. And the women actually are playing like, consistently enough that if they had a hot week like they could make something happen and find their way to win the conference uh wouldn't and with jefferson you always i mean yeah it's like if she's going up for 30 like you never know like if someone else can contribute even without mcdaniel enough like you never know so that's an interesting one and then a storyline to keep an eye on and i don't know exactly how it works with with covid and all that good stuff but like jalen caradine has come on so strong I mentioned her rebounding stats uh, I think she's only played four years. So my guess is she could come back if she wants. I don't know if she's going to. That's one that I'd be interested in is, is she coming back? Because if you can have like a guard giving you 11 rebounds a game, like come back. That's <laughs> like, insane. Like <laughs> that would be awesome. So if they have that plus Neff, plus Baden McDaniel and Hazel still continue to be like a solid player for them. I, I think you get to a point where you're really confident in what they have next year. So if they're healthy, Next year, I'm, I'm probably more bullish on them than the men's team, but I guess we'll see what the the men do in the offseason, too. It's kind of insane that Neff and McDaniel – excuse me. Sorry about that. Huge yawn from my boy. <laughs> that was a big-time yawn. That was a 3.30 <laughs> p.m. yawn. Um, and they both are out for a season. Brutal. Yeah. <laughs> it's brutal, man. Just a, it's kind of been a brutal basketball season for both teams. Like you've got because yeah, now Molson and Strickland are yeah, out. You got like, four brutal. combined season-ending injuries for basketball feels crazy high, and then they've also kind of had some some struggles throughout the year with results. It's it's been terrible, and uh, the flow sports things adds to it where some people just don't even. It's hard to like get the the people really engaged when they're not watching. You know, what I mean, like fan discussion when there's yeah. nothing to play for. I don't think fans given these updates about like results and no one really is that uh that amped up man i had another point i was gonna hit on but i completely lost it that's good no idea no idea we'll move past that do you want to head on over to uh centera park and talk some some lacrosse actually excited for this season i think they got a chance to be really good so i'll keep some eyes out eyes open I'll keep some eyes open. Um, for, and before uh, we before we fully dive in, we have one more. Yeah, go, go. Yeah, Come go, on, go, man. go. <laughs> you just really want to dive into lacrosse. I'll do this quick. What's more, it's the NordVPN one. So count how many oh, times God. I say NordVPN. <laughs> What's more important than peace of mind? Nothing. And that's what NordVPN is here for. To give you peace of mind while you're online. And with all the threats that you face today on the internet, it is more important than ever to be sure that you have the best VPN you can get. NordVPN is the world's best VPN service, offering the fastest connectivity, most servers, and next-gen encryption to make sure that you do that everything you do online stays secure. 
Plus, you can use NordVPN on all your computers and devices, no matter the operating system. With NordVPN's unlimited bandwidth, you never have to worry about a slow connection either. And plans start at under $4 per month. So grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash believe or use the code believe, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get up to 75% off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free. It's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Pretty good work. Lacrosse. Lacrosse, their experience, they should be good. Number 12 in the preseason poll, number one in the CAA poll, but that doesn't matter anymore because they're going to the American for next season. Yes, yeah, very exciting news there. But uh, they just have a lot of really good players. They're really experienced. I think, I don't know if national title is maybe a little high, but like I think they're going to be a legitimate, you know, top 10 caliber team that's got a really good schedule like they do every year. So they're one that'll be actually kind of interesting to follow because I think they'll make the NCAA tournament without help. Um, whereas softball, I'm not totally sold on that. Uh, baseball, I don't know. They're doing like 17 pitchers an inning or something. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the hell is going to happen there. Um, I don't know. Lacrosse will be a fun one to follow. I uh, we're going to have to go to every other week just for for my negative vibes, where I'm just like, the spring is sad. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> well, also with lacrosse, I think we get a pretty quick barometer because on Saturday they play number yeah. two UNC and I know I was negative about it at the beginning of the episode but I think very quickly you're going to get a good test and to see where JMU is because that year they won the national championship they took down I think it was UNC at the beginning yeah. of the season and that's when they put the nation on notice and JMU fans on notice of like oh this team's actually for real so if they can compete and even pull off the upset I think that's when you're I think that's when you can change the outlook to tournament bound to national championship contender they also have a couple um teams that couple players that got selected to the caa all-conference team which i think it's hilarious i don't know if jmu is doing this on purpose or not they don't say all caa or anything like that it's all they're definitely doing it on purpose (laughs) like there's no it's all conference 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 um 18th year senior molly doggerty it's been around a while She's been around a while. Last year, she finished top 10 in the country in goals against average and save percentage. And she added 11 wins. She's 45 and 10 is her win-loss record at JMU. But Rachel Maddie, Isabella Patterson, um, honorable mentions, Mayred Durkin and Casey Knobloch were honorable mentions. It's a good team. It's a good team. Excited to, to follow them. I think they'll be a a contender nationally which is really cool and excited for them in the american that's a, a fun league with some florida vanderbilt action in the coming years so that's gonna be a good one <laughs> that's gonna be so much fun that'll be exciting and uh march 1st we got that football schedule reveal very excited for that to come uh with the sun belt i think that'll be a huge burst into our sales because i'm struggling with the basketball news jack you know it's it's affecting the players it's also affecting the podcast hosts you know the ca took I away our listenership <laughs> The CAA really hurt us there. I will say, to get amped up here, maybe this is how we do it. This is how we spark ourselves. Women's golf finished ninth out of 15 teams in their most recent tournament. Really rough first day. Really rough first day. I think they were tied for last after the first day. Then they went, uh, they shot even par and then four under par in the next two rounds. End up finishing ninth. If they had played like that the first couple of days, 
uh, when it was first day, when it was playing a little bit easier, they probably would have been, you know, made a run at the top five. So they're playing really well. Uh, they're a really good team. They had a nice fall. They won the CA last year. Don't think they're going to get in that large, but a fun team to track because uh, I think they could have a, a puncher's chance in the Sun Belt in, uh, in that next season. To all of our listeners, um, do you think Bennett will ever actually get on the head coach, Tommy Baker? Why don't we do that? Why don't I shoot Tommy Baker and the SID some sort of email here in the next? Bennett has been talking about the golf team. I think we'll do it in March. We'll try to do it in March. And he's always said, I really want to get them on the (laughs) podcast. Never has. We'll try to do it in March. But um, yeah, what do we got? We got next week. We'll do a little softball baseball preview. Then the week after we'll have our baseball special guest. And then maybe we'll have some golf special guests. And then I think we might wean into like a, a slower pod schedule just because uh can get pretty hard to watch some of the olympic sports not from like an actual viewership perspective in terms of like wow this is tough on my eyes but like <laughs> like there's no access to it so i'd love to watch some of these but like realistically we're not gonna have a chance to watch a lot of the events so i think it makes sense we'll just, to we'll just try we'll just uh, get a long-term rental in harrisonburg and just go to each game we both work we'll play it by, that's so true we'll play it by ear we'll see what's happening folks but uh I don't know. Someone, someone give me some reason to be excited about something. All right. So if you got, if you're listening to this, you made it this far, <laughs> tweeted us like a reason I should care about what's going to happen in the next three months. <laughs> Tennis. Tennis. It's just so hard to watch like the sports that I think have chances. I'm so bummed about the conference thing. <laughs> All right. It's, before it's Bennett, stupid. <laughs> before Bennett spirals more into negativity and he has to leave to go fix his lights in his bathroom. Yeah, all my all my bathroom lights went out, folks. And uh, the fan, uh, there's like one of those heating lights. Those are all out. <laughs> What's that about? Tweet at me. Tweet at me why I should be excited about Jamie Sports for the next three months. and that, Or why I should just go into a hibernation. I have like someone else fill in the podcast with Jack. And uh, let me know how to fix everything in my bathroom. Also making some creamy chicken rice soup tonight, though. Should be pretty good. That sounds delicious. I'm making salmon with broccoli and cauliflower. We've had some salmon recently. Salmon's a good fish. Uh, you want to get your omega-3s. You know, that's a big thing for me. Maybe we'll talk about fitness on that. <laughs> that's not because I don't know anything about how do you, fitness. How do you build a body? <laughs> well, Bennett, from if, a, you, guys, from us too, if you guys have only listened to the podcast, <laughs> I hope you know Bennett is a specimen. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, just <laughs> imagine, I'm trying to think of which JMU athlete I most resemble, kind of like a combination between the strength of Mike Green with the speed of Antoine Wells. The arm power with, of Cole Johnson. With the arm strength of Cole Johnson. <laughs> with the, I don't know. <laughs> That's all I got. With the... um with the emotional maturity of an Odyssey Alexander. I thought you were going to say Ben DiNucci. I don't, I don't know. Some of those sidearm throws that come out of nowhere. Finger guns? <laughs> I don't know. First down. Let's just do a DiNucci pod. We might have to do some like nonsensical topics and have guests on and just like rank random things or something. We'll see. All right. Well, for Bennett Conlon, my name's Jack Fitzpatrick. This has been the JMU Sports News Podcast presented by Ben Online. You guys have a wonderful rest of your day. See ya. Thank you.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.